Oh, amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. I believe God is going to take us new places in our times with Him this year. He wants to, to break to break us to another level. And so God was maybe just giving us a little little invitation today. Say, come up higher and hear the angels sing. Come up higher, my beloved. You know, we had a great time on Wednesday night. Uh, I was so thankful for Pastor Phil bringing the word that he did uh, about the unseen realm and uh, just talking about us being aware of the angels. Uh, Really solid teaching. Uh, When somebody teaches on angels, sometimes they can get kind of wacky. And uh, I think this is is really solid Uh, because it was talking about how, you know, just being aware... We, sometimes we talk about demons more than angels. You know what? I mean, honestly, as a, in the spirit-filled circles, right? I mean, we, we've heard all, all about demons. Then we start talking about angels, and people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> and so I thought it was very interesting, the perspective that was brought was, hey, we need to have, we need to have a balanced approach, a, a balanced understanding of the unseen realm, of the spiritual realm, about what's going on. That there's there is there's something going on on both sides, and so I don't want to just be aware of just the darkness. I do want to be aware of it and stand against it, but I want to be aware of what the light is doing. And uh, I love what he said that uh, angels don't ever do what we say. We don't ever we don't ever command angels. Angels are only commanded by the word of God and by prayer. In other words, when we're praying to God and He's releasing things, yeah. The angels are involved. When we're speaking the word of God, if it's the word of John, the angel says, sorry, I only respond to Jesus. And so, um, but really the, the heart of that was, man, God's presence, seeking the, the word of God, uh, seeking the presence of God, seeking God in, in prayer, uh, and opening ourselves up to what's going on around us in a good way. I want to be open to everything that God is doing in my life. I want to be aware of, of, of that the spiritual realm is all around me. Here's the deal. The spiritual realm always dominates the physical realm. Now, we as people, we are so used to my, my five senses dominating everything in my life and in and my head, my mind. And that's why in the Bible it says, hey, you need to renew your mind. You need to have your, the spirit of yourself renewed so that you can be connected with what is going on all around us in, in the, the spiritual realm as well. It doesn't mean we just live in the spiritual realm. We're in the physical realm, but we're, we're releasing what God has into those around us. And it just helps us get aware. And so I believe that God is going to use this year to make us more aware and make us more effective. It's one thing to be aware, but then it's another thing to be successful and effective, not just, well, I know it's out there and what's going on around me. 
And you begin to hear the voice of the Lord and begin to hear and sense what He's doing and begin to see what, what God's up to and be more sensitive to what's going on around you. Because there's times where, you know, there's things going on and you just don't realize, man, what's it, what is going on? Hey, there's something spiritually going on and you're trying to fight it physically. You're like, man, I just need to get more exercise or something. You know, I don't know. Exercise is good. Not, nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it's a spiritual exercise we need. Amen. And so, um, you know, as we open this year, I'm believing that God is just going to lead us further into that. And part of that is, is worship. Man, corporate worship, one of the things that corporate worship does is it, is it opens you up to what's going on in the spiritual realm. I mean, I am just more, when I am worshiping God, whether that's by myself or with some of you all, I just get more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I get more sensitive to what God's doing. It's because I begin to leave just my five senses in my head. And I begin to operate in, in my spirit, in the innermost part of my being, where God says, hey, my Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. If you're a child of God, it says, His very Spirit comes and joins with your spirit and renews you, makes you a new creation. And now I have communion. I have, I have connection with God. And my connection with God is not physical. My connection with God is spiritual. And so as I develop that, I begin to sense what God is, is doing. And I might be, be able to recognize what the other members of our team, the angels, are doing. Because they're just the other members of God's team that are working on the earth, carrying out God's purposes, God's workforce. And so I appreciate just the, just the, the message that was, that was given, because I believe it kind of sets some of the tone uh, is in the idea of being aware of what's going on in the unseen realm. And so what we're going to be talking about as we, as we begin the year, we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God. Now, I mentioned earlier that our children are also talking about the kingdom of God. So right now, today, they're going to be talking about the two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And kind of the, this is my, I only know a little bit about the lesson, teachers, teachers but I did look at it. <laughs> I did look through your little curriculum there. Uh, but basically the difference is, you know, what God's kingdom brings and what the kingdom of, of darkness brings. And how to begin to recognize that, begin to understand, because you want to be aware of which, which, I want to be a part of one kingdom, I want to be releasing one kingdom, and it's the kingdom of God. I don't want to have anything to do uh, with the kingdom of darkness except to, to move it out of the way, except to push it back, except to say, nope, you don't have a part of my life. Ultimately, what is the kingdom of God? Wherever God reigns. So that's why Jesus says, hey, the kingdom of God is you know, within you. It's among you. It's in your midst. In other words, it starts here because what? When you become a Christian, when you become a believer in Jesus, what you're saying is, Jesus, come be the king of my heart. Come sit and rule and reign in my life. You are now the Lord. You're not just the Savior. You're the Lord. You're the King. You're the one that's directing everything. And so now you are now in charge. And so anybody or anything that submits themselves to the King is then under the rule of the kingdom of God. So let's... Before I go too much further, let's get a little bit in the Word here. Let's, let's, let's see what the, what the Bible says about this. And so I think today we're, we're probably just going to be given a little bit of an intro. So this is going to be just a little introduction. Um, but here's the deal. When Jesus preached His first sermon, what was His first sermon? 
Well, Matthew 3 and 2 says this, that Jesus, he, he began to... Actually, that's not 3 and 2. That's, that's John the Baptist, excuse me, not Jesus. Uh, when John the Baptist came, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In the book of Matthew, it always refers to the kingdom of God as the kingdom of heaven. And that's because Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. And so the Jewish audience in the Jewish times at that point, they still did not, they didn't want to say the name of God. You know, when they wrote the Old Testament, the Jewish scribes, they would, rather than writing God's name, they, they begin to sub in Adonai rather than saying Yahweh, Jehovah, you know, the, the, the divine name of God. Because they, they, they were like, we're not even worthy to write the name. Now we know, we have a further revelation that that. Jesus has brought us into a place where we are on a first name basis with God. Basically, we can we can come right to him. And so I can I can address him. I don't have to worry about not saying God or Lord or Jesus or Yahweh or any of those names because I have been brought into his family. And so uh, but Matthew was writing to Jews. And so he he didn't want them to shut their ears off right away. And so sometimes you just adapt how you say something to commute so somebody can receive the message. So anyway, that's just FYI. That's why Matthew always says, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven. What's the difference? Same thing. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. And so uh, when John the Baptist, excuse me, not Jesus, the first message that John to prepare the way of Jesus was repent for the kingdom, kingdom is here. And then when, when Jesus came, what does it say? He began to preach the kingdom as well. Um, he, said, he began to say, repent as well. He's had the same message as John. For the kingdom has come near. What happens when Jesus sends out the disciples? Luke 10 and verse 9. It says, Jesus is sending out the disciples for the first time on their own. Okay, they've been with Jesus. This is the first time on their own. And what does He tell them? Heal the sick who are there and tell them, here's the message basically, the kingdom of God has come near. In Matthew, it's the same thing. He sends them out at Matthew 10 and says, take this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And so, it's a pretty important message, I think. Here's the deal. Acts 1 and 3. After Jesus rose from the dead, it says this about what Jesus talked about. He was, with his, he was appearing to His disciples for 40 days. Oh, a period of 40 days. And it says, He presented Himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that He was alive, and He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about what? The kingdom of God. He had one message. After his resurrection, he's like, I got 40 days with you. I mean, Jesus could pick anything to focus on. And he chose to focus on saying, I'm speaking about the kingdom. So to me, that means it's very important for us. And so we're going to start our year kind of focusing on the kingdom. Here's some things about the kingdom of God. Um, you know, oh, let me say one more thing about the disciples. Here's the deal. Right after this verse, in Acts 1 and verse 6, you know what the disciples say after Jesus has been talking to them about the kingdom for 40 days? They're like, okay, is now it? Are you going to establish the kingdom right now for Israel? And Jesus probably looked, at, looked to the side and looked up to heaven and said, let's do that 40 days again. <laughs> let's repeat that again. Because <laughs> they're still like looking for a kingdom on earth. You know, in Luke 17... Uh, Jesus says, look, 
hey, the kingdom's not going to be like, oh, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. For the kingdom of God is among you. In other words, he was saying it's, it's unseen. It's invisible. You're not going to see the castle. You're not going to see the actual throne. But you will see the effects of his kingdom in lives and your life. And so that's what it means. Hey, the kingdom is, is among you. In other words, the kingdom is spreading. It's, it's an invisible realm. So the kingdom is, the kingdom is invisible. Uh, the kingdom is entered through repentance. You enter the kingdom by becoming like a child. The kingdom of God is good news. It's good news. The kingdom of God is, is not physical, but spiritual. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is powerful. It's not about talk. It's about power. You must be born again to enter and to see the kingdom of God. The kingdom is heaven. is how it really exists right now being released on earth. The kingdom has keys. The greatest in the kingdom is a child and a servant. The kingdom is unstoppable. You need to be rescued from the kingdom you're in to come into the kingdom of God. The Father gives you the kingdom. Jesus confers on us a kingdom. And there is also a rival kingdom on the earth right now. Love that song where it says, I like that, I love that line. You have no rival. Just love that part. You could just like sing that for a long time, right? Felicia, it's like, you have no, you know, it's like, oh yeah, God, you have no rival. See, there is a rival kingdom, but it, it doesn't stand a chance against the kingdom of God. It's, it's the kingdom of darkness. Now, it's still at work. It's still on the earth. It's still manifesting. It's what little power it has left. It's, it's, it's busy. The only power the kingdom of darkness mostly has left is just to lie and deceive. And if people are brought into the lies and the deception, then they begin to buy in to what's in that kingdom, right? Fear and darkness and doubt and lust and confusion and immorality and hatred and discord and, and uh, just all the bad junk, right? It's all the bad stuff. That's what the kingdom of darkness releases. All the good stuff is in the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, joy, unity, love. You know, the, one of the ultimate marks of the kingdom of God is love. One of the main marks of the kingdom of darkness is fear. So you can know anytime you're like feeling afraid, fearful of something, you can know that, hey, that's not God. God, does, God never leads you by fear. He doesn't make you afraid of something so you don't do it. Okay? He doesn't, he doesn't you know, He leads us with peace. Because the kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if there's no peace there, that's probably not God. So you want to you wanna find, hey, where's the peace? That's where the kingdom is. Because Jesus said, what did he say in, in, in the book of John? I believe John chapter 15, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. You know? In other words, this peace, this peace is different. This peace is stronger. And take heart, I've overcome the world. So that peace is going to be, it's an abiding peace. We find out in the book of Philippians that that peace is a guard over our hearts and our minds. My thoughts need peace. If your thoughts are not at peace, then you need the kingdom to be released into your mind. You need to think a different way so that you can be at peace. Some people's minds, did you, and some people don't even know this, your mind doesn't have to be racing all the time. That's not the way you were created to be. Some of us, we've lived that way our whole lives. We don't know that's not normal. That's not the way God created us. There can be a time where you're just at peace. You don't have to 
run 100 miles a minute. Now, I know men's and women's brains are different, different because my wife tells me that she thinks differently. So, ladies, I have no clue how to shut your brain down, okay? <laughs> okay? You, well, next week, if my wife preaches or something, maybe she can talk about that. So uh, maybe I'm just talking to the men on the mind thing. So I will, I will take a, an ignorance, a, a card of ignorance and say, so if I'm like, you're like, buddy, you don't even know what you're talking about. So yes, with women, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, so just to clear that up. But I mean, I really believe that we, weren't, we were created to be at peace. That part of the mark of the kingdom is peace. And so uh, I want to have that peace just abiding in my life, in my thoughts, in my emotions, in the way I interact with people. Uh, you know, we war from a place of peace. When we talk about spiritual warfare, you know, and that it's real, it's true. I mean, you do that with prayer and with declaration, with declaring the word of God, declaring the truth. But we do that from a place of peace. I don't ever want to step into a place of... Ah! You know, I might get excited, but I want to be excited in the peace of God. <laughs> you know, there's passion. You can be passionate and peaceful, but you can also be passionate and be angst-filled. And so we're not called to be passionately angst-filled against the kingdom of darkness. I'm to be passionately against the, the kingdom of darkness at a place of peace, where it's not affecting me with its power. Because when I step into anxiety and angst and all that stuff, I'm, I'm now operating on the level of the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of of God, not the kingdom of light. So in Colossians 1 and 12 and 13, I love these scriptures here, and we've emphasized about being rescued from the kingdom. It says, And we joyfully give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in what? The kingdom of light. He's just using some different phrase there. It's the same thing. Kingdom of God kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into what? Into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Now here's the deal. Just as they're learning upstairs and we've been emphasizing, there is that reality of those two kingdoms. And I have to be aware of that. I don't need to be scared of it. I don't need to get worked up over it. But I need to be aware of it. I need to understand what is going on around me and begin to recognize the signs that show, hey, the kingdom of, of darkness is at work. The dominion. I mean, that's, that's exactly what the same thing is uh, as kingdom. It's just the rule and reign of darkness. In Ephesians 2, it says that, you know, we used to be under a different spirit. You know, we were the spirit who is at work in those who are disobedient. He is called the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? Well, that's the devil, Satan. Who, who became the king of this world. How did, how did he become the king of the world? Anybody remember how the devil became the king of the world? Yeah, it was Adam and Eve, right? The, the humans who were put in charge when they were, when they were created, what did, what, did, uh, what did God say to them? Take dominion over, over the earth. In other words, I want my rule and reign... That's what God was saying at that point. I want my rule and reign everywhere on my creation. And you're going to be my representatives. You're in charge of this planet. You don't have to worry about Mars and Venus and Jupiter and Saturn and all those different ones. If there's other Earths and if there's other people in the universe or all that stuff, we don't, you don't know. No, this is your planet right here. You, I'm putting you in dominion over this one. 
And what did human beings do? We gave the keys, the power, the authority over to the devil. And so he did become sort of a usurper king in the earth. And so when Jesus came, when Jesus came, it said, what did he come? He came to destroy the works of the devil. It says in Acts chapter 2 that that was the reason he came. And, you know, even when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, what did the devil say to Jesus? I can give you all the kingdoms of the earth. Because he knew why Jesus was here. He knew Jesus was here to take back what was his. I mean, he wasn't coming for a nice visit just to heal people. I mean, he wanted to do that. But this, this, was, a, this was a victory march that Jesus was on. And if you don't think that the devil was wetting his drawers when Jesus showed up on the earth, I, I guarantee you he was. All hell was stirred loose. Because the king of the universe, not just the earth, the king of the universe showed up on earth as a human. And that's why Jesus, as I've said before, Jesus had to come as a human because God rightly gave the earth over to human beings. So only a human being could win back and rightfully take back what was given to them originally. So Jesus had to come in the flesh as a human being. He couldn't just come as God. He couldn't just come as a spiritual being. He had to take on flesh and become a human and humble himself. And then he was rightfully able to take everything back because he was perfect and he was sacrificed. And then he was in hell and the devil couldn't stop him from taking what? The keys of death and Hades, the authority of the whole entire earth. He took them with him because he didn't rightfully belong in hell because he never sinned. He was just there to take our place and then get out with the keys. And then what happened is that Jesus, what? After he was there 40 days, it says he was ascended into heaven. You know what? Part of that ascension, man, we, we don't talk about the ascension much. We kind of focus on the death and the resurrection. But man, the ascension was Jesus stepping onto the throne of the earth and sitting down. In Ephesians 2, it says he sat down and all authority on heaven and on earth and under the earth, everything is underneath his feet. That's pretty awesome right there. And so now the work of God on the earth is that kingdom advancing and taking charge of the entire earth until it ultimately culminates in the return of Jesus, the true king, coming back and establishing his reign forever. And then he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, I guess. Where forever it will be the way it was meant to be. But we've got to understand the kingdom. And so when Jesus ascended, you know, it was kind of like his, his in some ways, his coronation. You know, that the, that the ascension was like the coronation of Jesus as the king of the earth with all authority and rule underneath him. I want us to look at one thing real quickly because this is a, I've, I think I turned on the fire hose a little bit today, huh? <laughs> for some of us, this may be a refresher and encouragement, but for some, some of you, it may be totally new. Uh, but... When, when Jesus was, was on earth, the disciples said, Hey, Jesus, we've heard you praying, and it sounds 
totally different than anybody else we've heard praying. It's like you are directly connected with God. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> then they're like, hey, hey, can we, can we pray like that? Because you've got, you got to imagine the Jewish time at that time, man, God was far away. Man, it was, it was like, you know, it was almost like they were like trying to stay away from God. And that was never God's heart, but it's kind of what, what got turned into. I mean, God didn't have His ultimate plan of, of salvation and redemption uh, hadn't been manifest on the earth yet. And so, you know, there was, this, there was this disconnect. It wasn't like, you know, they weren't walking around feeling like, oh, I can just communicate with, with God. And they hear Jesus pray, and it's like He's talking to His Father. He's talking to His Daddy, and they're like, can we pray like that? Teach us to pray. And of course, what does Jesus say? He, he says what we now call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and, it, and it says this. We can, we can read it from the Scripture. Uh, Matthew nine, 6, 9. Uh, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our sins as we also have forgiven our debtors, those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then it says, I can't believe, is it, it's not, I didn't put that on, the, I don't know if it's in Matthew or Luke, where it says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, Amen. So here's the deal. The Lord's Prayer is real, should really be called the Kingdom Prayer. I mean, it is the Lord's Prayer too. I'm, I'm not trying to change it up. Uh, you know the Lord's Prayer is just a title somebody put in the Bible. So uh, I, want, I want us to think about it more like, here's the Kingdom Prayer. And here's the deal. There's two things I just want to emphasize from this prayer, and we may go further in this in a different week. Um, number one, it says... We pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, here's the deal. The kingdom of God is. It's not in the future. There is a part of the kingdom where we experience it in the future. There's a now and a not yet. But the kingdom of God already is in heaven. Okay? It's not something new that's being created on the earth. And I think this, you know, it's not, it's not something fresh. It's something that already exists. So God is not stirring up something that, hey, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do this. No, here's what he's saying. Your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Not as it will be, not as it, not as it once was, as it is in heaven. It reminds me of God when he revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And he, what does he say? What's your name? I mean, that's really what Moses is saying. Hey, tell me your name. Let me tell them who's talking to me here because i got a burning bush and what's going on? I think you're God, but who do I say sent me? And what does God reveal his name as? I am. In other words, like the present. I mean, God's all, it's, it's always the present tense for God because like there's, there's no, it's not future and past. You know, it's just like God is. God never had a, had a creation point. Like he didn't have a start, so he did, he just is, and so God's kingdom just it just is. You're not trying to make up something new. So when we're when we're praying, and part of the way we release the kingdom is what we pray. We pray God's will. We pray what 
we, what we want from heaven to come to earth because it already is there. God doesn't have to manufacture something new. He doesn't have to be creative. He just has to, to show what's already there. And so with the kingdom prayer, we're praying and align ourselves with God with what already exists. And number two, I think this is really huge when we're talking about the kingdom. Here's the deal. When Jesus starts the kingdom prayer, it starts with our Father. Doesn't start with King. Doesn't start with Lord. He is the King. He is the Lord. He is all those things. But I find it fascinating and I find it amazing and I find it mind-boggling that he starts the most powerful prayer with our Father. See, we've got a kingdom with a king that's totally different than any other king. And I read this somewhere else on YouTube comments on a worship video. Okay? <laughs> now, you can get yourself in trouble reading YouTube comments. Just let me remind you. You can also get yourself in trouble watching YouTube videos, okay? So, <laughs> you sure can, right? But I'm watching worship videos mostly on YouTube, okay? Just mostly listening to them, but I happen to, you know, sometimes I scroll down and I don't know. Maybe I'm interested to see all these people are going to be, I can't believe it. Okay. Um, but there was, there was one person that said, oh, he, it was, I don't remember what the song was. They're so amazed, but they said this, ours is the only king, most kings send their people out to fight for them. Ours is the only king who said, I'm going to fight for you and die for you first. It's because the king is first a father. That's who he is. For God so loved. Who's God there? Father. For the father so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So our interaction with the kingdom starts with God identifying Himself, but also it's interesting when we pray that prayer, we're also identifying ourselves, our Father. Not just the Father. There's a big difference between our and the. That means He's out there. The can mean, yeah, He's the. He's, he's the one. But when He's our, we become, there's possessive. There's, and there's, that also means that if he is our father as the people of God, that means I'm his. That means I'm his son or I'm his daughter. And so the kingdom starts with an intimate relationship with a father. Everything else flows from that. That's why Jesus came to restore that relationship. So that we could have the heart of the father birthed in us and released in us. That's really the, what the kingdom is. The heart of the Father. It's being released through the Son. It's being ministered on earth by the Holy Spirit. God, three in one. However, we don't have to ever figure that out on our heads. But we see the effects of God. And so whenever we're talking about kingdom, I want us always to, to remember that it comes back to our Father. I'm going, to, I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> I'm going to stop right now. Can we just pray 
as we as we start this first service, this first public gathering, worship gathering of the year, can we can we pray together that God would just open our eyes to the kingdom? Can we stand up for just a minute here as we close. And I love I love the word that uh, uh, John brought earlier about shame and guilt, um, because shame and guilt belong to what kingdom? The kingdom of darkness. So wherever you are, if if you're battling that, or it could be something else, let's first of all recognize who's at work, because it helps you not take on something that you don't need to take on. Because if you think that God is wanting you to live in that shame and the guilt or whatever that is, confusion, fear, doubt, uh, if we kind of just say, well, God's just you know, working something in my heart right now. Okay, that's not the kingdom. If it doesn't line up, I encourage you, if you want to find out what the kingdom is, just go search the kingdom of God. You'll see all kinds of descriptions all throughout Scripture. And you can begin to say, okay, now I, I can see that what the revelation of the Word of God is, that I can begin to identify and recognize that what is going on, what, it, what is going on in my life. If I'm just over, overwhelmed with shame, and it's just like, it's, just like it's, got a, it's, it's draping me like a wet blanket, and I just can't shake it, then I have to know, hey, that's, that's not from the kingdom of God. That's not from my Father. And so I'm, I want to pray, and we, we didn't really get a specific response to that. We kind of, we did it in worship a little bit too. But if, that, if that's you, I, I want to pray over that specifically uh, right now that any shame or guilt would be released from, from your life. And then I'm also going to pray for every single one of us that we can just take a posture of opening ourselves up to say, God, I'm just, I'm just ready to see more of your kingdom in my life. So Father, right now, I, for any of those who, who came in who dragged in with 2017 with, with shame and guilt, right now we, we just break that power in the name of Jesus and we say that is not from You. That is not Your desire. Lord, we release us to the conviction of the Holy Spirit to where we run towards You, God, where we are, we are running after You. We're not hiding from You. We're not running from You like Adam did in the garden full of shame and guilt. No, You're coming looking after us saying, no, don't hide, don't hide, don't hide. I have rescued You. I have bought You. I have paid for You. I took that shame. I took that guilt so You could be free. And so right now, may that be broken in any life in the name of Jesus, Lord, and may the presence of acceptance and peace and the conviction that draws us to You, God, where You wipe us away all that junk that doesn't belong in our lives. We thank You for that. And Father, we just thank You, Lord, for opening up our eyes to the kingdom that is all around us. We want to know You better, Father. We want to know You better, Daddy God. We want to know your heart so that we're living and releasing and declaring and being full of what your kingdom has for us and for those around us. God, we thank you that it's not meant to stay with us. So right now, open up our eyes. Open up our spiritual eyes. Those eyes that are closed, open up. Those spirits that have gone asleep, I say, wake up. Wake up. Wake up to the Spirit of God. Wake up to the Kingdom of God. 
Wake up to your Father in heaven. Oh, there's so much more, God. Your kingdom is a kingdom of joy. Your kingdom is a kingdom of victory, God. It's a, it's a, it's a kingdom of love. And we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to walk in it more fully this year. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. So be it. Amen. If you need prayer, still need prayer for something, please come on up and see us. Remember, the youth are gathering. can get together with John and Beth and wherever you're going to meet. And Connect Meeting, if you're coming to Connect, let us know.